You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, June the 18th, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this week as a special guest is Eric Sprott himself. How about that, Eric? Thank you for, uh, for sitting in as a guest this week. Hey, Craig. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, I've been sort of tied up here with uh, health issues and various other things. I don't really feel like I'm 100% up to speed with all the things going on with economies and gold markets and things like that. But uh, I, I, the reason I, I wanted to chat with your listeners today is uh, I want to mention something about vaccines, which I think is very, very important. And I'm not a doctor or a specialist or anything, but I'll make reference to uh, where some information is available. And of course, the whole Fed thing, the joke that the Fed thing is and its effect on the gold market bothers me deeply. And uh, we'll talk about that. And of course, I think uh, Bob Thompson was uh, suggesting that I'm very much involved in the Newfoundland gold play. And if we have time, we'll spend a little few moments on that as well. I was talking to Keith Newmeyer yesterday. He said we might just rename Newfoundland New Sprotland. <laughs> just buy the whole well, island, Eric. Yeah. Well, I got about twenty percent of the most of the companies there, so I'm uh, well in, in, entrenched. And of course, I I do look up on it like a, a, a an opportunity of a lifetime, much like uh, Fosterville was uh, through its involvement with Kirkland and Gold. So hopefully it, it plays out as I see it, but we'll chat about that uh, towards the end of the interview. All righty. And hey, just a reminder, uh, again, it is Sprott Money who brings all this great information to you, whether, whether it's the uh, weekly wrap-up, the monthly precious metals projections, the Ask the Expert segment, which I just recorded yesterday with James Turk. That's something that will get oh, posted. Nice. Prob- yeah, he, and he's just such a great guy, Eric. And... Um, uh, very informative uh, segment yesterday. They'll, I'm sure they'll probably put that up later today or this weekend. So look for that at SprottMoney.com as well. And of course, uh, right now, until June 28th, Sprott Money has their spring into summer sale. That includes a bonus discount on select products when you store your metals at one of Sprott Money's Canadian storage facilities. Now, this is a call-in offer only. Can't do this one online. So if you have any questions about the sale or the storage program, or just to place an order, of course, give us a call, 888-861-0775. All right, my old friend, you were all over. I remember we were doing these things weekly uh, for the last several years, but last about this time last year, I guess earlier than this last year, you were all over COVID giving us updates every week about the seriousness of the situation. I know you've been following it. Uh, in the time since. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I don't specifically want to talk about COVID, but I want to talk about vaccines. And again, uh, there is a, a caveat that I'm not a medical expert, but I want to direct people to a couple of podcasts that I've uh, listened to recently. Uh, and I'll give you the essence of the podcast. And uh, the first one that I listened to, it's on something called the Citizens Free Press and it's a top immunologist and pro-vaccine doctor, uh, Byron Biddle, issues warning on uh, what's the, the negative impact of vaccines. And the second one I'll reference is an interview that Greg Hunter had on USA Watchdog with Cliff High. And um, 
people will be very easy to find that on the, the net. But let me just start off with uh, the Citizens Free Press interview. And what this doctor, who's a Canadian doctor, by the way, he's a professor of immunology, I think, at uh, Guelph University. And he said, the evidence is in. There was a study of uh, 13 healthcare workers who got two uh, doses early. And uh, what, what you receive when you get the vaccine is what's called a spike protein, uh, which theoretically is, is the disease. And, of course, you're receiving a dose of this, so your immune system can react. And the expectation was that the spike, spike protein would stay in your shoulder. And what the study showed is, no, the spike protein doesn't stay in your shoulder. It can go to your organs and it can go to your blood. And it is a toxin. And it can have uh, very bad effects. Those bad effects are particularly outlined uh, in the interview of Cliff High, uh, which I certainly would suggest people uh, listen to that. And and what Cliff did is he went through this exact same discussion. And uh, Cliff, as you know, he's a guy who whose business is watching things going on in the Internet and, and sensing something early. And Cliff was great on COVID-19 early, early, early. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to be early on this issue with the vaccines. And um, if you listen to Cliff's interview, uh, and by the way, I'm speaking as a person who now has both uh, vaccines, has received two doses, so I'm not feeling as comfortable as I might have. Um, but if you listen to Cliff's interview, um, uh, he suggests that some very negative repercussions may happen. So I'm just going to leave it at, please listen to that and, and make your own judgments and deal with whatever the situation is that you choose to believe in. And uh, I can tell you that, uh, I mean, I have a very high regard for Cliff. I've seen many, many of his podcasts and he is very, very much in the forefront of a lot of things. Uh, P.S. He also suggested that silver would go to $600 and actually threw out the, the number of $1,000 in that same interview. So for us precious metals folks, there's uh, two things to learn in that. So the, the concern I have, and you know, you're not going to hear about this. And if there's a problem with the vaccine, you're not going to hear about it. It's just, it's verboten, right? You're not, they won't let you talk about those things. So I encourage people to make up their own minds whether they want to believe what's going on there or not. So if they would uh, listen to those podcasts, I think they'll be way better informed. We're all basically living in a giant phase one or phase two trial. And that people need to be aware of that. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. But there are definitely things that get worked out during those phase trials that we're kind of yeah. all in the middle of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of almost irresponsible to think that you could come up with a vaccine that fast that's been that well tested, okay? I mean, it's just almost impossible. It's never done, except this seems so extreme that we're going to approve it. And, of course, the approval was uh, that the uh, rewards outweigh the risks. And, of course, we start hearing about some of those risks now. uh, and, And we hear about risks that we didn't even know about before. Nobody knew about because it's in the system. So... 
uh, we all should go in with our eyes wide open. That's right. You know, what's interesting about this as well is here we are talking about trying to get out of this pandemic uh, by vaccine and natural immunity and, and the variants and the mutations and everything else. And Eric, nobody even heard of COVID 18 months ago. I mean, that was, I mean, we were sailing along at the end of 2019. Everything was, you know, in its proper place. But yet now this week, we're supposed to believe that gold and silver have been utterly destroyed along with all the rest of the commodities because uh, all of a sudden the Fed is thinking about a rate hike in 18 months instead of 21. I mean, again, we didn't, nobody even heard of COVID 18 months ago, but we're supposed to believe everything the Fed says about a rate hike 18 months from now. Yeah. No, it's funny. I, I just, I shake my head at the whole thing. In fact, they don't really even say that, okay? It's this stupid dot plot thing where a couple yeah. of guys, a couple of governors <clears throat> said, yeah, well, there might be two in, in 23. It's all orchestrated. Who's kidding you? I think the one thing that we all know, and I'm sure the listeners know it, and so I'm, I'm not really passing on any information we don't know. The inflation rate is ridiculous. And I suspect it's not going to get any better here. It's so far beyond this 2 and 4% stuff they talk about. Anybody who shops or buys or knows this, okay? It's just ludicrous that we would think it's transitory. I mean, we're allowed to do our own thinking, thank goodness. Uh, and, 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 of course, the Fed realized they still have this uh, economic dilemma. By the way, even... As recently as this morning, I was looking up uh, the uh, the fraud that's going on in the unemployment insurance claims. Yeah. And there's many, many articles about it. And it's estimated there might have been $400 billion oh my of gosh. fraud. Yeah, $400 billion because And by organized crime, by the way. Because when you applied in a state, you didn't have to prove you, li- you lived in the state. And, of course, they, they already have the information, everyone's information, because of the various hacks that have gone on, on over time. And, of course, people offer up that information on the Internet for some sort of fee. And uh, so all these uh, organized crime were applying for these things under various names in various states. <laughs> Just, and, and I can believe it. Whenever I see a number where they say, and they used to say, there were a million new and sorry, initial unemployment insurance claims this week, okay? Then the next week could be another million. The next week, another million. Excuse me, you're telling me we're at an annualized rate of 52 million people here <laughs> with initial claims? Are you serious? And even the last one, which I think was around 400. I mean, 400,000 people with their first claim? Are you kidding me? Like, to get, to get the first claim, the guy's got to have been fired that week. Right. He lost his job right. that week. Like, I, I don't believe it, okay? So yeah, I've watched, watched The Sopranos, right? You just said Polly Walnuts yeah. and Christopher down there. So, And what if 200,000 of those initial claims are fraudulent? Right. Or, or maybe maybe when they did a million, 500,000 were fraudulent, because they, they mentioned potentially half of them. Well, maybe now the, most people are get, at least getting their job back, theoretically. Uh, now they're just fraudulent. So, Eric, what do we watch next? Because this was this was just so deliberate. I mean, we we, we watched silver be capped at twenty eight for a month. I saw open yeah. interest in Comex silver rise fourteen thousand contracts over three days last week. That's seventy million ounces created from nothing. The banks took the short side, sold it to the specs, capped the price at twenty eight. 
And now yesterday, all of that open interest comes back out as the banks cover those shorts as the specs dump. And the banks make a couple dollars on 14,000 contracts. That's good work if you can get it. Um, what's next? I mean, do we kind of are we now strung along by the Fed, uh, watching for the dollar to roll over again? You know, and now we got another Fed meeting, a Jackson Hole in August, and a Fed meeting in September. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with uh, a rationale to see a spark now to drive us back to 2000. Well, you know, the, the, they have to cover these things sooner or later. And, of course, the, the, the funny things that go on in the commodity markets, particularly silver, is where, you know, I think two days ago we had uh, uh, something like uh, 400,000 contracts of silver in four yeah. hours, yeah. which is like two, two billion ounces mm-hmm. of silver. Are you kidding me? That is just totally preposterous. And even the average daily volume, when you look at the average daily volume, Versus the actual silver that might ever be delivered. Like, right. It's such a joke. Yeah. But this, this is not a commodity market. This is just some place where guys can affect pricing. And, of course, I think they affect pricing because they're, they're playing in the, uh, the paper markets of SLV and PSLV. And, of course, all the options and all the mining stocks and the mining stocks. And I mean, it's just one big uh, arena where it's wash, rinse, and repeat. So what can we do about it? Well, first of all, I know you do this, and I know I do it. I look at the uh, the daily trading on the CME, and, of course, I'd like to see how many uh, um, contracts were put up for delivery. And and we've had – and also, for example, yesterday – yeah, yesterday, the, the EFPs, which I don't think anyone's ever really understood, okay? But we had something like 30,000 – 30 million ounces of silver EFP'd yesterday, and we had un- a million ounces of gold EFP. Like they just went off the exchange into, you know, Wherever. some cloud somewhere, yeah. and, and somehow settled. Right. So I, I like uh, watching that and realize, okay, fine. Long as people continue to uh, buy physical, and I think every day this month, gold, the gold contract has increased. It's demands for physical gold every, every trading day. So people are still in there. And I think in the case of silver, every day but one, and the, the one was yesterday. Um, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't material. The day before, it was very large, the amount of silver called for delivery. I think it was uh, like 10 million ounces. Uh, no, probably a million ounces on uh, Wednesday. So long as long as that data holds together, we have the Waltz, Reddit, Waltz uh, Silver Squeeze yep. that I think is very, very active. Uh, God bless them. I think they haven't figured out that there's a shortage. And if you just keep buying, someday these guys have to come into the commodity markets and, uh, and close for open interest or suffer egregious losses. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. I think ultimately it will happen. How about this? Uh, are you paying much attention, or have you heard much about um, these uh, changes from Basel III that are coming oh, into effect sure. this month? Yeah, I read about them all the time, and uh, I, I'm well. First of all, I have a very difficult time imagining that the BIS would be doing anything to yeah. negatively affect the commercial banks. I mean, just, right. where did this come from? And quite frankly, the only logical explanation I ever saw for it was Hugo Salinas Price wrote an article saying that. The Russians and the Chinese forced the BIS to do it. 
because if they didn't do it, they were going to create a new gold-backed currency. Now, that was a very interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could, and of course, those are powerful, powerful countries, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not, they're not uh, economically unimportant countries. In fact, China is the most important economically, quite frankly. So who knows? I don't know. And um, I've read many articles saying it's, it's going to be gold positive. Maybe it is. And maybe that's why the raid's going on right now so that they can cover off a little bit of their position. Yep. We'll see. Yeah, we've we've talked about that being, you know, for all eternity, it seems about the the uh, futures tail wagging the spot dog. Right. So if you right. could uh, drive the futures paper market lower, you can get the spot price down and maybe you can get yourself out from under some of those unallocated positions. Totally. And and, and or some of it, I'm sure, uh, Craig, is just running the stops, you know. Right. Lots of people have short, short stops in these things. Right. Yep. So, like, when you have a big day like yesterday, imagine how many people had stop losses yeah. out there that just got pushed right through. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we we see we've seen a lot of these uh, very sharp sell-offs that were more shallow than this. Okay, and then they rally right back again. Uh, that's why they they just ran the stops, try to cover some shorts, move on. Let me just give you with this. I'm gonna hit you with one little fun point that I think the listeners will enjoy, and then we'll get to uh, Newfoundland. Uh, there have now been four massive red candles since last August. There was one, uh, a drop of $78.20 on January the 8th. There was yesterday, $86.60. A couple days after the election, $97.30. And then uh, right after the top last August, $91.40. You take all of those and you get uh, something like $350. in just yep. those four days, you take those four days out, and we're actually up since August. No, it's just it's it's the trading methodology, right? Yeah, it's it's there to to disadvantage investors. That to me, that's just the bottom line. Yep. it's there to disadvantage investors, yep. and yep. we we should all be embarrassed by it, particularly the CME. To profit the banks and embarrass the investors. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up, my friend, by uh, talking about New Sprotland. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys like you have private islands, so I think that's pretty cool that you have one up there. It's a little chilly most of the year, but I think that it's beautiful. It's a big island, but it's got a lot of gold on it, Craig. Yeah, apparently. So let's talk about it. And I'll tell you what took me there. Uh, well, first of all, I guess I should start with Denny LaViolette, who's the uh, president of Newfound and the president of a company or CEO of a company called Goldspot. Goldspot does artificial intelligence to uh, uh, find mines. Okay. So Denny is a very, very smart guy. He's got 45 PhDs working for him, uh, doing analysis on properties all around the world. And um, he, he actually showed me a core that he had back in 2019. It was a private company then. And I was, wow, look at that thing. It was glittering. And I decided that I should invest in the private company at the time. And so because I was in it, I, I, I watch events and he was starting to put some pretty significant drill holes out. And then I, I started to read more and more about Newfoundland and its endowment. And I uh, came a, upon a professor, uh, Rich Goldfarb, who's apparently known as Mr. Orogenic Gold. And I had a long chat with him about the endowment of uh, central Newfoundland. 
and he convinced me that it was very analogous to other large gold fields, like the Victorian gold fields uh, in Australia. Then I read a report by Professor Ian Hansberger, who wrote for the Geologic Society of Canada, where he was comparing the possible endowment of Newfoundland with what we call the Abitibi Belt, which goes from Kirkland Lake all the way over to Rouen, around it's 100 kilometers long. And the belt in Newfoundland is about 100 kilometers from sort of northeast to southwest. Then I had a long chat with Sean, who was a, an explorer who first got into uh, the Yukon and, and came up with the theory that there was quite an endowment there. He subsequently, in I think 2015, uh, started to focus on Newfoundland. He staked almost all the land there. And uh, he basically said, look, when you can have a, uh, a soil anomaly there, a till sample, and it's got gold in it, the likelihood of you finding gold below it is very, very high, okay, and right below it. Um, then we had Quentin Henning, my old friend Quentin Henning, who, of course, went down to visit Fosterville on my behalf and came back to, oh, my God, Eric, you're not going to believe this. And then he he and, and others like Dennis, Denny Levayala, uh, are comparing what Newfound has so far to Fosterville. And I can tell you that in terms of uh, grade, uh, Newfound came up with a whole, it was 146 grams over 25 meters. And I went back and compared my notes on Fosterville, and that hole had more gram meters than any hole at Fosterville. Whoa. So that was a little telling, okay? Yeah. Um, and, of course, if you listen to, to some of these presentations, particularly Quinton's and Denny's, uh, they both uh, suggest that Newfound is not looking for a deposit. They're looking for many deposits. And they already have indications two kilometers north of Cheats, which is where their primary discovery mm-hmm. was, that they've had some very high-grade intersections already. And, of course, they, by studying the property they have, which is quite extensive, by the way, it's about 70 kilometers long. So it's like owning 70 kilometers of the 100-kilometer Abitibi belt, but it's 2021. Yeah. And some people said Newfoundland today is like Timmins in, 20, in uh, 1918 when they first started finding things. And I tend to believe that. Um, and I can believe it because I, I see what uh, many companies are doing there. Sokongan, which is a company I have been involved with mm-hmm. for quite a while, ever since 18. I think they, yeah. their first hole was released in 18. Uh, they've had some tremendous hits. Their best hit was 11 meters at 44. They got another one, uh, five meters at 124 grams. I mean, these are crazy, crazy good. A company just north of Newfound called Labrador Mines, they came out with uh, 3.6 meters at 20 grams. So they got their first sniff of it. Uh, we have, an, and they're on, these guys are all on the Appleton Fault, okay? And then, over to the west, there's the Valentine Lake deformation zone, where you, or on the Valentine Lake, you have Marathon that already has a deposit that's around 5 million ounces. Uh, the Sokomans on that uh, same belt. And it's these sutures that were caused by the European plate bumping into the North American plate and things breaking up 400 million years ago that have caused this endowment in uh, Newfoundland and you've got about six major structures all going northeast, southwest. And off of those structures, 
you have these indications of gold endowment, which not much drilling has been done. So it's really yeah. early days. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like in Australia where, you know, nobody, everyone wanted an open pit mine. And so it, it wasn't until Fossil found this deposit underneath the open pit. Oh, well, maybe we should be looking underneath these things. And now guys are finding things. And it's, it, it's funny because the mining in these countries started in the 1850s and 60s and 90s. Well, how come we're just getting to it now? But that's what's happening. We're just getting into it now. I could tell you're excited about it. How could you tell? <laughs> I can I can sense the twinkle in your eye just uh, through listening to your voice. Well, it's been fun, and I own uh, lots of companies there. I own C2C, Canstar, Exploits, Orwet, Sassy, Gossen, uh, Apawika, Canine, and many others. So I find it intriguing, and I hope each of them finds something, because I think that's the kind of endowment that we're looking at, that anybody on these structures has a very, very good chance of finding high-grade gold. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people on my site, Eric, uh, post like websites where your holdings are posted. Are you familiar with some of those? Uh, well, I know some people do keep those holdings yeah. uh, updated. Yes, I don't know. I can't remember where they are. But I know that people, if you're resourceful enough, you can find that on the Internet. And I would, you know, the other thing that comes to mind, Eric, is something you've taught me over the four or five years that we did these calls was that, yeah, you cast a wide net. And a lot of people do that, you know, and you're hoping to get you know, one out of 10 or whatever you, you used to talk about your batting average being. But then the key was you get one right. You don't just like take your seed money out and let it ride. What your strategy has always been, you get one right, you start pressing your bets. Press the bet. That's what I knew found. I'm just under 20% now. Uh, I bought it within the last two weeks, even up at the, I think 12.85 might have been my highest price, having started buying it at 75 cents. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, if things look like they're coming together, don't be selling. And I, I'm not a believer in, you know, taking a profit for, for, for profit's sake. I'm a believer to analyze it, try to imagine how big it could be versus where it is. And if there's lots of upside, just press it. Just press it. My friend, it's always so it's so fun to hear from you. And I, I'm glad that uh, the situation is such that you're able to check in. I'm, I'm not sure how frequently we could ever do this going forward, but... Uh, this has been a treat, and uh, at this point, I want to wish you a fine weekend, and I, and again, I hope we can talk again sometime soon. Sure. Okay, great. Good to be back, and uh, uh, happy to say hello to all your listeners, and uh, let's hope we can all prosper. Let's hope we can. Let's hope uh, we get some sanity back in these markets, too. And again, just one last thing on your way out. Please uh, throw some thanks toward Sprott Money. They are the ones that put all this information out there for you. Uh, either visit Sprott Money the next time you're in the market for physical or at the least of anything. Give us a like, a share, maybe subscribe to whichever platform you listen to this content on. That'll help us get the word out. Again, we've been speaking with our old friend Eric Sprott and uh, great to get caught up with him. Time to wrap up, though, and send everybody on their way. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, and we hope you have a great weekend and we'll have another weekly wrap up for you next Friday.